5. Completely Shaken The hallways of Orange Star High School were decidedly clean, but that did nothing to hide the telltale signs of the building's age. The lockers extended all the way to the floor, and opened with combination locks rather than the press of a finger to a capsule corporation sensor. It was very retro. Gohan personally found the soft peach of the walls, crossed with the gentle teals and outdated greens of the metal lockers, to be a nice touch. However, everyone he knew had spent the last week insulting his sense of taste— so he honestly was not qualified to judge how his new alma mater stacked up in the aesthetics category. Still, if the tacky hallway was all Gohan had to look at for the next hour, while he stood at attention with two water buckets hanging off of his arms, he sure appreciated that it was something he liked. Last week, he had been stuck out here for disrupting class. Today, he was stuck out here because the great Saiyaman had taken a little too long when he bailed out of the first period to save the city yesterday. Gohan wondered what his mother would say if she knew what a troublemaker he was turning into. He came to the conclusion that he was better off not ever finding out. Savoya had heard all about the morning boy's date with Angela before Monday had even arrived. Now that it was Tuesday, she was bound and determined to try and succeed with the same approach the ditzy redhead had. Everybody knew Angela was a giant flirt who went on dates for the sake of going on dates. The only boys who gave her big puppy-dog eyes a second glance were the truly interested and the truly spineless. Granted, Savoya had heard that Angela had gone above and beyond her usual tricks and blackmailed their mutual acquaintance into taking her out, but that sounded like total bullshit. Who on earth could even find teddy bear boxers bigger than a child's size anyway? Basically, only sweet guys actually said yes to Angela. Ergo, the morning boy was a total pushover. Ergo, ergo, Savoya could coax him out in a position where she could actually talk to the new and mysterious not-stranger and explain why she would be asking about a funeral that happened the day after the cell games. The date was just a vehicle for conversation. Besides, going out with boys was not a big deal to Savoya. She had so much experience with it that even her father no longer felt the need to wait at the door with the shotgun whenever his baby girl was scheduled to go on a co-ed outing. Now he only waited inside the doorway with the restaurant's biggest knife to greet his daughter's bows. Savoya saw movement in the hallway outside her classroom and turned to the open door to investigate. The morning boy stood against the wall with two buckets in his hands. She racked her brain for a way to get out of class. Stomach cramps and fake vomiting were an option, but then she would be escorted to the nurse rather than make a solo escape. Savoya could also fake a manic episode and run out of the room screaming, but that would just cause more problems. She noticed that the girl behind her was drinking tomato juice. Savoya could spill that on herself and pretend she had suddenly started having out-of-control diarrhea of a questionable color, but she liked the dress she was wearing an awful lot and was not sure it could survive the stain. Suddenly, Savoya felt like an idiot. Her teacher was male, and he was ancient. She raised her hand and grabbed her purse. Her teacher paused in his lecture about Schrodinger's cat and wheezed, "'What is it, Miss Savoya?' Savoya made sure her smile cracked into a frown in the middle. I need to use the restroom, she sniffled. I am sorry, young lady, but it is not my policy to let you go until the break, the old teacher told her. But I'm having some girly issues, Savoya said, pulling out a floral feminine hygiene product from her purse. 
Her decrepit teacher could not get the hint, even when he adjusted his glasses and squinted. I am sorry, Miss Savoya, but I cannot allow you to go to the bathroom because you regret your choice to dye your hair purple and want to fix it better in the mirror, he said. The class winced. Savoya almost wished she had gone with the fake vomiting. If you feel moisture in your underwear, but you don't go to the bathroom to check, that does not mean your period is both happening and not happening. The teacher jumped so fast that his thick lenses popped out of their frames. Oh, oh, I am so sorry, Miss Savoya. Go ahead and... She had already started down the aisle to the door. And my hair is naturally purple, you Cretaceous old crouton! The class clown chose that moment to throw on his two cents. Hey, Sev, congratulations on not being pregnant! Savoya cut off the drama with the slam of her classroom door. Her demeanor changed, and she smiled at the bewildered morning boy standing opposite her. He was not wearing all black this time, but she could tell it was him by the sheen of his hair and his eyes. Hello, she said sweetly. Trunks fiddled with his second orange soda of the day. Mom, do you think Gohan will come back to play today? Bulma divided her attention between her son and the robot she was performing open-heart surgery on. I don't know, Trunks, but you shouldn't drink so many of those at one time. Her son pouted from where he sat on the couch in his mother's lab. Can I go visit Goten? Ask me that again, and I will make you wear a great Saiyan costume during your next training session with your father, Bulma said evenly. Trunks ran outside and did laps around the Briefs Corporation and Complex to kill some time. Sometimes, Piccolo spread his extrasensory passageways across the Earth to read its energy and the overall state of the people. He supposed it was a habit incorporated for Kami. He sat in the sky, his white cape draped behind him like a waterfall, suspended in midair, and handled the precious planet with his heart. For a moment, he swore he felt a pinprick of malcontent rise from the general throng of energies, but it disappeared the moment it came. Piccolo decided it must have been his imagination. All seemed well, for now. Videl Satan thought that Gohan's son was just about the most ingratiating person on the planet. She had watched him jump 20 feet in the air during baseball practice like some kind of freaky alien god, and it had made her feel totally inferior. Then, she had to watch him blunder his way through ruining a date with Angela, of all people. Angela was the easiest person in the world to go on a date with, or so Videl had heard tell and felt mortified to even know the stupid boy after she learned the underwear story. That ingrate. If Fidel had not been so sure he was really that obnoxious Boy Scout Sayaman, she would never even bother to remember his name. Speaking of, he was repeatedly forgetting to put his family name second when he introduced himself. Fidel knew that it was a cultural thing, but the way he constantly mucked up the order and then tried to explain it made her think he was only being pretentious. Poor Erasa had thought the idiot's first name was Sun for the first three days she had known him. Sometimes Videl still couldn't keep it straight either. But now Gohan's son, Sun Gohan, had managed to pick up another girl, somehow, and in the span of one class period. It was the girl from class A2, Savoya Anio. Videl did not know her, but she knew about her. Savoya was the girl who had lost her mother and little sister back in the beginning of middle school. Her father owned a restaurant on the south side of town. The only other thing Videl knew about Savoya was that she dated a lot of boys. Not as many as Erasa, but enough. Videl shot a look at Gohan and bit down on her pencil. He was about to enter the ranks of Savoya's boy conquests, and he had barely known the girl for an entire school day. As Videl walked home, she thought to herself about what a pathetic person her new classmate was. Say a man or not, he was embarrassing to behold. 
A real man would be like her father. He would be a hero and an inspiration, not some ignoramus posing as something he could never hope to become. Fidel had no sooner greeted the family butler at the gate when the communicator around her wrist signaled to her that something was amiss. Then the ground beneath her began to shake violently. Gohan wove in and out through the hallways of the hotel and hoped that his cape did not light ablaze from the haphazard electrical fires leaping from the crumbling walls. An earthquake had struck not long after the great salmon had begun his disguised rounds through Satan City, and this particular area suffered the most severely from it. Gohan had already evacuated the people from the nearby shops and restaurants and thought the danger over, but a second tremor had forced him to enter the hotel a few blocks away and start combing the unstable halls for people before the building collapsed. The business and tourist district of most modern cities were built to withstand the effects of seismic tremors, despite their height, but this hotel was the exception. The historic brick structure was not as up to code as its steel neighbors, and the trembling earth beneath it wanted to bring it down for good. Gohan swept the hall for any life energy and zoomed to the next floor up when he discovered nothing. He encountered three sets of double doors leading from the landing of the top floor. Several key signals blinked at him from behind the far right one. Gohan wrenched those doors open and discovered a terrified party of men, women, and animals in formal dress, cowering beneath the folds of the pressed white linens covering their round dinner tables. Something smelled delicious. Gohan ignored his stomach and gave the people a confident wave and a smile. Hello, citizens. I would appreciate it if you all, uh... The floor fell a few inches beneath them as the supports began to give. The people screamed while Gohan tried to remain calm. Everybody sit yourselves on top of these first three tables and please hang on tight. He finished, shooting a beam through the grand window on the opposite end of the ballroom. The partygoers stopped their shrieking to stare at their would-be hero. Gohan frowned at the endangered throng, blinking dumbly at him from the other side of this black visor. Please? We don't have time for you to tell me I look funny, okay? Thankfully, they all climbed on top of their tables, and Gohan grabbed the first to fill by its bottom center. He lifted it level above his head and flew out the broken window and into an open lot a few blocks away. After reassuring himself that the surrounding buildings were not going to fall on his newly saved charges, Gohan set the table down gently and dashed off to grab the next two. The hotel's top floor was decidedly uneven when Gohan grabbed the next two tabletops by their rounded edges and lift them into the sky. A part of him wondered if the tables themselves were strong enough to support the weight of the lives piled upon them. But he decided not to worry about it when the impromptu wooden lifeboats did little more than creak once they were out in the open air. When he delivered the second cargo of people to the empty lot, an old sow dressed in black pants and a white apron held out her arms to claim Gohan's attention. One of the other caterers is still there, say a man, she exclaimed. Gohan sent his energy out in search of life and discovered that she was telling the truth. He tore into the sky and smashed into the ruined hotel as it slowly melted to rubble. Gohan could not see anything inside the mess of dust and darkness, but he did not need to. He could find his target by using their life energy as a beacon. He strode toward the last lost citizen and knelt down to pick them up where they lay curled up on the ground. The dust settled and his vision adjusted. The green eyes of the girl from this morning stared back at him. He couldn't remember her name. Gohan reached out to pick her up and take her to safety, but she shrieked when he got close and slapped him away. Please, I'm just trying to get you out of here, Gohan begged. The girl searched the dust for anything that looked remotely human or familiar. All she found was Sam and strange orange and black helmet looming ever closer. She screamed and fought when the stranger put his arms around her, but relented when she learned that he was going to force her out of danger no matter how much she resisted. 
Gohan held her tighter to himself as he turned and charged the wall with his shoulder. The girl started struggling again once she realized they were hurtling towards an unrelenting mass of bricks. No, 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 no! The green-eyed girl panicked. The sound of shattering clay and mortar cut her off. Once they were in fresh air, Gohan watched the girl inhale brick dust and decided he could have handled that situation a little more delicately. He slowly floated away from the crumbling buildings and let his schoolmate regain her bearings. She sat up with a start when what was left of the hotel finished its progression of self-destruction by generating one final decisive thud. Then she made the mistake of looking all twelve stories down below her. Gohan winced as the girl shrieked again and gripped his chest through his superhero costume. It's okay, he tried to assure her. You won't fall, I promise. I'm really sorry I scared you so much, Gohan told the girl, still racking his brain for her name. He began a slow and gentle descent. <sighs> the girl's voice started left and right, and her green eyes were speechless. Gohan stopped moving and kept them both suspended where they were. She calmed down a little. Okay, we won't move yet, he decided, eyeing the gathering media and crowd of onlookers below. Videl's venomous stare unnerved him in particular. We'll just stay right here for a minute, okay? The girl stared at him, stupefied. Then her lips started moving, and Gohan realized she was in shock and could not speak. It's okay, he tried. I am sorry. I am so, so sorry I scared you. You don't have to say anything. It's okay. The girl tried again to force more than air out of her mouth and failed. She gripped at the Saiyaman tunic in frustration. Don't worry, Gohan said, moving one hand to gently loose her grip on his chest. The girl's expressive face screwed into a frown, and she shook her head from side to side and wrapped her fingers around the hand he had offered her. Gohan started to rub her back. Shh, it's going to be okay. Really, just relax and tr- Trunks stopped running laps and gaped at the Capsule Corporation outdoor jumbotron as it broadcasted the newest developments on the Satan City earthquake. The great Saiyaman was kissing some purple-haired girl on live television. Ew, 